Welcome to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. And a very pleasant Saturday afternoon to you, for us it is. Uh, I'm Harry Alexander, and uh, Bunker DeFrance is yep, here. That's me. This is Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Today our topic is going to be... Equine osteo... Uh, I can't even say the damn word now. Osteopathy. <laughs> Thank it. Thank you. And I used to do this for a living. What a living it was. Uh-huh. Steve Boyce is our guest. He's the, uh, He runs the Horse and Around Rescue down in Hereford. And uh, Steve's gone to a, uh, some of these classes here about um, learning about this. And uh, we're not going to get technical on this because we're not no because we can't understand it all the way because we're well what did i bring this medical dictionary for well i guess dead weight did you <laughs> did you really bring a dictionary no <laughs> no i can't even spell dictionary anyway uh before you know, the, B, the bs is going to get real thick here bunker be careful yeah yeah <laughs> now before we before we get involved in uh what we're doing here on uh, the show We've got our little segment of uh, Western News. It's Voices of the West News Blast. And I've got a couple of interesting things here to talk about today. One of them is uh, I spent uh, a very pleasant time oh, Friday time. speaking with uh, Carolyn Shelton. Mm-hmm. And it looks like uh, we're, we may be graced with a Bob Shelton Museum uh, they're, they're, I guess they're finalizing yes. negotiations and details. Yes. It will be located out at the old Museum of the Horse at Trail Dust Town, Dan Bates' wonderful Calvary Museum. Uh, anyhow, it's 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 still, you know, getting all the details ground out and worked mm-hmm. out. But that's, uh, I think that's, I think that's just awesome. Yes, I do too. Todd, Todd Roberts, are you there? I am here. Oh hey. my! I am here. Howdy, howdy! How you doing, sir? You using your? I'm well. I'm turn well. down. Turn uh, down. All right. Uh, that's your news. My news of the West. I'm not done. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh no! Go ahead and do your news. Then I'll do this other piece. Okay. Of I thought. I thought. You know. Because um, this will lead in. Uh, Todd, we need to raise 1.6 mil. Yes, we do. Okay. Because so let me make a few calls to some drunkards I know. Okay. Um, and we'll uh, the re- the reason we'll for see how we do. The reason for this, the uh, so-called town of Gabriella is uh, for sale. Gabriella is an amazing replica old west town in New Mexico. Um, and your town. And, yeah, and uh, set on 58 acres. Um, it has stakes their claim to be the largest and most authentic western town in New Mexico. And it certainly does. It looks like Mescal used to look when it first went up. I mean, there's 18 buildings on the property. There's also a stagecoach and a windmill that's included. Uh, yeah, it, it you know, it's a great, um, great movie set. And, Todd, just for you, we've got one special building set outside, and it's even got its own outhouse. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Really? Yeah, high tech. This is... This is really good news. You you know, Bunker, I've always, listen, as much as I like a good bar, you know me, I I always catch an eye on a good outhouse. Well, this this outhouse is so high tech, it even has a Bardot in it. So, you know, go for it. (laughs) A Bardot, as in a female attendant, a, a be, be, or a be, bidet? You think a bidet. 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 What, what a difference a bidet makes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, do yours, yeah. and let's get okay. on this. Get Moving this. on with the news, this is a little piece uh, up from the Empire Ranch. I'll just read it to you because it, it says it better than I can. 2020 has been a particularly challenging year, but that has never stopped us from dreaming of brighter days ahead and new projects on the horizon. We are always so grateful for your continued support of the Empire Ranch Foundation. As many of you know, we have had to cancel all of our special events this year at the ranch. Our events bring in the revenue for ongoing ranch maintenance and outreach opportunities. We also have not had an administrator for over a year now. The board of directors, under the leadership of Faith Boyce, who is doing a marvelous job, I might add, has stepped up and are running the foundation daily. The board understands the importance of being good financial stewards of the future we have. And just as a footnote on that, by taking over the administrator duties, 
which they are doing a marvelous job at. Saved dollars. They have saved almost fifteen grand. There you go. So that's that kind of kind of put us in. I think in the out of the red for the year. Anyhow, however, even without events to keep ourselves busy, we have been thinking about a project we have talked about for years. We are excited to announce that we are kicking off a four-year capital campaign to create our Western Heritage and Education Center. And the plans is to renovate the new ranch house to serve as the conference space for education a place for environmental researchers to come and stay for a day or two while they study the area, uh, as an office space for the board members and uh, other business of the ranch, and in the future, a new native administrative dictator, dictator, <laughs> director. <laughs> director, director can work <laughs> planning That's all good. the fantastic <laughs> events we'll hold. Anyhow, there's more here, but I'll go on to I'll, I'll go on to that in later dates. Oh, I do want to add this one bit because this will lead into what we're going to be doing today. The new ranch house was constructed by Poncho and Sherry Boys around 1955 as their home, and their children, Steve, our guest today, Kitty, Sherry, and Carol, those are his sisters, grew up in the house. It also has served as a residence for Empire Ranch staff, Mac Donaldson and his family, and quarters for BLM staff, and as a field office for researchers. And Steve... How are you doing, amigo? Well, I'm doing good. Good. We are going to be talking about... <laughs> Equine osteopathy. That's exactly oh! right. What in the devil is it, Steve? Well, do you know what a, a doctor of osteopathy is? I certainly do. Okay. Well, basically, it's, it's the guy that started it, a guy named Yannick Blugen, and a couple of buddies that he grew up with started working on their horses and they were osteopaths over in Europe and so they started working on horses and then trying to figure out how to tie it from human osteopathy to equine osteopathy. Well that was 25-30 years ago I guess now and Yannick is the other two guys that were involved with him have moved on or passed on and uh, Yannick is the only one that is from the original group but what Yannick has done is set up the Blugen Institute for equine osteopathy and education. And in, in the United States, it's at the Whole Horse Veterinary Clinic or, that they have over in Garwood, Texas. And it's just a really strange thing how I came across it. Um, yeah, tell us about that. In 2017, uh, after Hurricane Harvey, our horse rescue, got together with a bunch of other people that were here that would donate to us to take stuff over to outside of Houston and Galveston and all along the coast that had gotten devastated. We had pictures of horses up to their bellies in water, some deeper in water. Uh, they were on little islands trying to survive and so on and so forth. And so I got together with the people from the, um, let's see, it was called, it was in uh, College Station, Texas. Mm-hmm. It was a rescue from over there. And we gathered up stuff. I filled a 28-foot enclosed trailer to the roof uh, with with the the uh, uh, with the the uh, all the stuff we could find, we yeah. had feed, we had blankets, we had halters, we had hmm. everything, everything you could think of. Mm-hmm. And so I took off over there to go deliver this stuff. So we started out right in Rashawn, Texas. Then we went to uh, Rockport, Texas. We went outside of Galveston, Texas, and we were helping people along the way that this rescue over there we're in contact with, and we were distributing all this stuff, and I was over there for about 10 days, and this was in September of 2017. Mm-hmm. Anyway, on my way back, I just dropped off the balance of the stuff we had to the uh, Houston uh, Humane Society. Um, on the way back, I get this phone call. And this phone call was from a lady named Deborah. She goes, Steve, how you doing? And I'm, <laughs> well, I, was, I mean, I was tired anyway, and I was like, this is Deborah," and I said, Deborah, who? Uh, and Deborah says, well, Luann and I are here at the airport up in Michigan, and we were talking about you, and so we thought we'd call you, and I said, oh, well, great, what are you doing? And so we talked a little bit, and Luann was getting on the airport to go back to Texas, and I said, well, where are you in Texas? In San Marcos. Well, early on, Luann, after she got out of, of vet school, and her dad and mom lived in Tucson, and I helped Luann a lot with horses and stuff like that. 
mean, clear back when Faith was a little kid, <laughs> and uh, it was it was a, a friendship that was really great. She says, "You need to come by my clinic," and that at that time it was in San Marcos, Texas. Mm -hmm. So I said, "All right." So I came by the clinic, and it was it was late. It was it was uh, almost dark. I walked in there, and Carmen, her mom, was there, and I gave Carmen a big hug and talked to them. And she says, "You need to meet Yannick." Well, I walk out. Um, into where the clinic part of it was where they had the horses and the Yikes working on horses. And I look at this guy, and the first thing I got, and being tired, first thing I got is, here's a guy that looks like a hippie. He's got a ponytail. He's got his <laughs> hand up a horse's ass. And he's, he's, working on, he's working on the back part of this horse. Uh -huh. And, and Luann says, well, this, this, is, this is amazing stuff. He started sharing the stuff with me, and... and we were watching them adjust horses in a way that I never imagined, let alone knew about. Hmm. Did and you immediately shake hands with him? <laughs> no, his hand his hand was busy. I shook hands with his other hand. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Bunker. Keep it clean, will you? <laughs> anyway, so that was the first interaction I had with him, and I was blown away how he could take and, yeah. and get these horses that could not bend their necks and have physical problems with movement and stuff like that and could turn around and and free the neck up and, and all this stuff. And, and Luann says, well, this is about the whole horse. It's not about just the neck or just the bones or just this chiropractic area or this foot area or this teeth or whatever, but it was about the whole horse. And so having the rescue, you know, it kind of bothered me. And it's like, how can I do this? How can I help our horses and others? And so came back, kind of processed it. Like I said, I was really tired from being gone and, you know, sleeping in my truck one night and sleeping on a, uh, bed inside of a a uh, uh, horse trailer. I mean, it was a, it was a long, crazy ten days. Mm -hmm. So I come back and Luann calls me two or three weeks later. She says, "You want to come over and watch?" And I said, "Well, I don't know." And da 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 da. And so um, finally, she got me talked into coming over there to watch. And so I came in there and was watching Yannick and some of the new students. And 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 I, it just I kept watching some of these things that he did, and it's like. How does he know he can work? He can start in a mouth and start working on the head or checking the head and the, the TMJ or the basically the joint of the jaw mm -hmm. and turn around and feel up around the ears and around the occiput and the cervical vertebrae up on the upper part of the neck. And he could tell what was going on with a liver problem or a kidney problem. Yeah. Hmm. And I'm like, nah, you got to be a magician. And I can't believe that. And sure enough, they do an oral. Um, stuff, you know, on the thing in the mouth, and they do the rectal part of it, and sure enough, there was a problem with the kidney being adhered to the to the side of the wall of the peritoneal cavity and, and, and mm. so on. So it got to be where I was trying to figure out what it was. And so I'd gone over there like two, maybe three times, and Luann gives me a place to stay, and all i got to do is feed myself, and then I help her around the, the vet clinic. So that worked out fine, and I, but I wasn't learning anything. I was seeing stuff, but I wasn't learning anything. And, well, we've got a class. And I went like, okay, well, what does it cost? Well, they told us what it cost, and it's like, holy cow, mm. for four days or five days? I mean, it was, I think it was $1,295 or $1,300 for um, each module, they call it. And yeah. there's 14 modules to begin with, and then they've added, since I've started, they've added like three other new modules. They got a mortgage. <laughs> You're, are you kidding me? But it, it spread out over like a three-year period, so... Uh -huh. I came back, and Lee Priest and I started talking at the rescue. We started trying to figure out how we could afford to do this, and we had some donors that had given us some pretty good money, so I said, well, let's, let's try this. Let's see what happens. So I'd gone over there probably four or five times and just got to observe, which was really a, what's the word to use? A Eye-opening experience. Very special, very special, very amazing thing. So mm -hmm. when I was over there last year, last year, a year and a half ago, almost two years ago now, Anyway, there was this horse came in, and it was a dressage, it was a Olympic level dressage horse. He was an Odenberg, if you know what those are. I didn't at that time, and um, it was a really amazing horse in its prime. It was like 18 years old. It um, they, the people brought it in, and it had um, problems with its jaw, i.e., it would chew one direction, and its teeth would lock up, and it couldn't chew or process its food because its teeth were not lining up to grind the food like it should. And they were feeding it with a syringe, and this horse was bouncing off the walls in the in the pen that was there, and it was just a total basket chase. And it's like, what the heck is this, you know? Mm. And so Yannick comes in there, and they, they get this horse out, and they put him in the 
the stockade area that they use for, for testing the horses and checking them out. And uh, he walked out and he said, I'm not going to do anything with that horse. This lady wanted to use that horse as a lesson horse, and she wanted the horse to go back to work again, and he'd worked being a dressage horse his whole life. And he says, I'm not doing it. Hmm. And he walked over to me and he goes, you need to take this horse. And I said, yeah, and I said, no, I don't. I, I'm, in a, I'm in a rental car. I'm in Garwood, Texas. It's mm-hmm. 10 or 12 hours drive. I said, I do not need How am I going to get this horse home? He said, I don't, you can figure that out. I'm not worried about that. <laughs> they said, this horse needs to go to you, or we're going to have to put this horse down because he's in so much pain. Mm. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Well, I said, well, okay. So I called Teresa, and Teresa, of course, defers it to me. He says, well, you decide. <laughs> I said, oh, good. <laughs> so, Thanks. you know, we've already, I don't know how many horses we have to like 50 or 60 horses, which is way, way more than we really need, but that, these are the horses that need our help. Right. So I said, all right, we'll do it if, it's, if the people are willing to give the horse up, because I'm not going to buy it. Right. And Yannick walked back and told the lady and talked to her, and she says, okay, it's yours. Hmm. I said, so what am I going to do that? So we'll, we'll fix it. We'll make him comfortable where he can figure it out himself, and we'll go from there. So we worked on that horse for another three hours that night. We worked on his mouth. We got his mouth kind of straightened out. Then we got the PMJ or the jaw figured out. Then we got the neck figured out. We got to work on his back, and his back was all locked up. And, and this horse was what really was a mess. And, you know, they have to sedate him a little bit so we can do all that. So they had him sedated and started working on him. Well, when he got into the the spinal part of the thoracics and back into the lumbar, I mean, it was just like, like solid. It did not move like it's supposed to move. Mm-hmm. And Yannick is sitting there, and, he, and he, we were tired anyway from working on other horses. And Yannick goes, up. Oh, it's hammer time. And it's like, what the heck does that mean? Mm-hmm. Well, basically all that meant was this horse was so locked up that we had, we had to really work to get the, the joints move or moving. And and we did the rectal part of it. We I mean, we got into the jaw and he picked it straight in the skull out. It had some places in the in the in the roof of the mouth of the skull or the maxillum that had instead of being the roof of the mouth being curved like it's supposed to be. This thing had, like, one side was fine, the other side was had this big bump in it that was pushed down. So Yannick, in his magician way, but he got up there and he moved that part around. We took x-rays of it. They took x-rays of his back. I mean, you know, all these things. So we knew what had to be done. And, and he's magician, magically, as far as I'm concerned, moving all these parts in the skull around. I thought the skull was just the skull. It was hard. It was formed yeah. after they got to be old. Well, it has little suture lines, and the suture lines basically are like a suture when you sew something together on a mm-hmm. horse. But these lines flex. The skulls flex. They move. Hmm. And it's like, I didn't know that. And yeah, so I start seeing them moving these things around, and I think, there's something more to this thing. So uh, we got him finished and fixed and put him back in his pen. He was all sedated, so he was nice and calm. And, and I said, so, Yannick, what am I supposed to do with this horse? And he goes... Take him home. Turn him loose. Let him be a horse. He's got to <laughs> retire. You can't ride him anymore. His back is too messed up uh, to take a rider any longer in his life. He just needs to be retired, and he deserves it. Mm-hmm. So, all right, that's the deal we made. So I tell Teresa I'm going to come home and get the horse there. So I came back. Luann told me, Luann Groves, who's the vet, told me, says, you got a week to be back to get this horse. I'm not going to let him sit here for, you know, days and days. And so... I busted my tail to do that. It took me eight days to show up back there. I get there and have the trailer filled with sawdust and all this stuff, and I put this horse in the trailer, and I let him up to the trailer, and it's like, this is a totally different horse. The horse was calm. Hmm. He could care less. He stepped up in the trailer like he knew what he was doing. Wow. He got in the trailer. I took his halter off, and I closed the door, and a couple of times on the way back from Texas, I stopped and let him out in one place, one of the... The rest areas that they had along the road in Texas had a whole bunch of green grass. He was very happy to eat that. Hmm. And I'm just blown away. It's like this horse was going to be put down the week before, hmm. and here's a horse that is, that is amazing. Wow. So it, 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 it's like it inspired me to learn harder, and I need, to, I need more time to do that. And so I started the classes. And so I'm on module, what are we on, five now. We've gone through the front end. We've gone through the rear end of the horse. We've gone through... The spine, we've gone through lots of stuff. And what I'm finding is that everything is connected to everything else. Yes, yeah. In other words, the, the stuff up by the, the brain and all that stuff is connected clear through the tail and, and the sacral joint and all the rest of the stuff in the back of the horse. 
And it's like, I never had any idea that it was all connected that way. I never really thought about it. Just like but I never really did. But just like humans. You can do stuff that is up in the brain and will affect the safer. Yeah. You know, it's just, okay, so, well, hang on. We got to do our first break here uh, because we're over on that. We're talking with Steve Boyce, Horse and Around Rescue, and we're talking uh, equine osteopathy. Good, Harry. You got it. I know. It's I tell you what, man. It's Silver tongue. I know, professional, professional, and I'm not sure what, but uh, <laughs> uh, whoops, that's the wrong one. Uh, all right, we got to do our first break here. We'll be back with much more on Abel Francie's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, and Todd Roberts. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond checking stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. Served two tours in Afghanistan, Bronze Star and Purple Heart recipient, and unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. Watch classic Western movies anytime at voicesofthewest.net. Abel Francis, the Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Todd Roberts, and Bunker de France. Our guest is Steve Boyce of Horse and Around Rescue, and we're talking about equine osteopathy. What's that music from? Uh, it is from my uh, track list that uh, I subscribe uh, the, to. The, un, un, yeah, <laughs> uh, the unknown Western city. So I don't get Zoomed by oh, Yahoo's yeah. claiming copyright infringement. Exactly. <clears throat> well, you know, Yahoo from Yahoo. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I spent this last week looking at videos down at the library on this mm-hmm. on this subject, and God, I was so fascinated. And like Steve said, you just you you be you you can be around horses your entire life and think you know something, and then you look at something like this and you just realize oh, what a dummy you really well, are. Well, obviously, uh, the horse must be able to co- communicate in some fashion. Well, you know, this is this <laughs> well, is. A, no, I'm, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking that, right? No, yeah, they do. They do body language yeah. and stuff. That's what they work on. And so, of. and so, based on that, that's where you you start your yeah. investigation, as it were. Well, yeah, like one of the one of the little clips was on what Steve was just talking about cranial sacral, mm-hmm. and, cranial sacral, yeah, yeah, and uh, you know how this uh, one one person was having problems bridling because the horse's ears and whatever, and so they was the guy. The vet was going up there, and he's describing. I didn't realize, like, see, there's little tiny bones up around the eye, mm-hmm. and but he's up there and moving stuff around, and you can literally 
you know, and these are all short videos yeah. from, you know, from about nine minutes to maybe 20. Uh, but you can just, you can see the difference in the horses. And the other thing, too, is like all my life, you know, I, I, I watch them. I try to understand what I'm saying. But, you know, like there's a twitch or a mm-hmm. flicker or mm-hmm. something. And you think, oh, it's just just the body, you know, just a, a nerve reflex. But it's a message sometimes. Yeah, I, I have had the pleasure of visiting an osteopath one time. And uh, I say pleasure because he fixed me right fast yeah. and knew exactly where to go and how to get there. And, uh, I mean, I was in and out. It was, whoa. <laughs> I, I was in so much pain. And after that, it was like, I'm going to run. <laughs> well, I, what happened? Oh, yeah. 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 Well, you know, I, I saw this one video, this lady vet. She's got the horse's hind leg up. I, I've never seen a horse's leg in that position. I mean, it's up. <laughs> Almost parallel to his hips, wow. and she does a little pop to it, and you could, but you could see from when when the horse was first walking, you could see a difference in his gait and his mm-hmm. stride. It just, it just a mass. It's amazing. So, what do you? Uh, obviously, you, you'll be able to use these skills, Steve, uh, in yes. in your rescue, and and, uh, and and other people. We we help a lot of other people with mm-hmm. their horses, um, just because it's. It's better for the horse. I mean, this is what it's all about for me. Yeah, is how can I help a horse? And right. I mean, I found stupid little things that I didn't think much about. It's like, do you guys know the difference between what a horse looks like out of his right eye versus his left eye? Not a yeah. clue. Not a clue. Yeah, they look forward well, with one eye and backwards with the other. Yeah, right. What's on the what's on the other end where the tail is? Then, dude, another eye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know, it's like they say: when you train a horse, you got to train both sides. Yeah, you go. I, well, I, so I, here's here's the reasoning for that. I mean, I've I've known this my whole life. I can go down a canyon horseback, and the horse is fine. I turn around and come back up that same canyon. They get all excited about something. Never like, saw it before. What is wrong? <laughs> so what it, what has been discovered is that the left eye sees motion. And the right eye sees form or structure. Interesting. Mm. And I never, I, I never do that. Stereoscopic vision <laughs> has to I, meld I it together. I don't know if that that's what's been discovered out of it. And then out of that, what they also do, they also talk about, is that a horse actually sees in sepia hmm. type form. So in other words, it doesn't see white and black. It just sees various forms of, like if you looked at the old. Old Western prints and all that yeah, kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. Basically, yeah. that's the same way a horse looks. So, a hmm. white really isn't a white. It's more of like a brown color. And a black really isn't a black. It's like a darker brown color. And the other thing that they've done, a, a guy in, in Yannick has done it too, is that um, they train cutting horses. Well, if you watch a cutting horse, they've got to be able to catch motion whether the horse is going or the cow is going left or right. Mm-hmm. And so because they only see when the way that they are normally, they only see motion out of the left eye, they have to train that right eye. So what they've done is they've come up with a series of stuff with yellow and blue flags where they have these flags strung out where they teach these horses to use that right eye to see motion. Interesting. That wow. blew my mind. Wow. And it's like they're I didn't know horses. that, yeah. Wow. And, and they, they train these horses, and it's like, are you kidding me? Nope, they're not. Little mm. things like, like horses don't have, if you ever look at horses' back ends, and you see these huge muscles coming off of their butt that come down. The lap muscles basically is what they are, mm-hmm. or they are. Mm-hmm. And as they come down, they're just huge. And then if you go right around toward the edge of the hip joint, all of a sudden there's like very little muscle. And... You know, the thing I've learned about it is that, you know, these horses need to back up because in backing up, they use those muscles. Mm. When they're always going forward, they're using the lat muscle. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It, it, it's all about when you start training horses and working horses and that kind of stuff, it, it gives you tools to use that you know, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have had. And I've been around horses my whole life. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to spend you know, twenty years getting the experience. You can you can learn it and, and shortcut that time period. Yeah, but I wish I was another fifty years younger. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so well, probably don't we all? But yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, so the osteopathy to me is a key to helping horses. And there's a international organization that certifies them. When we go through this class, when we get through the end of the class, then 
we have to go be certified if you want to become an EDO, which they call equine doctor of osteopathy. And so it's it's a it's a whole process. It's like going back to school for me. It's worse than that because I don't understand Latin <laughs> and much of the language and all the things. You know, you, you start trying to train a new horse or an old horse to a new trick, you know, it's like, damn, I've got to get this figured out. What's what's Latin for muzzle? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> well, I imagine once the horse has been through all this training and, and, uh, and, and therapy and stuff, maybe uh, when somebody says, why the long face, the horse will answer them. <laughs> well, yeah. here's something maybe well, you, you, you can uh, and, elaborate on. There's a little statement I come across in that. It says, majority of lameness in horses has a metabolic causation. Has a metabolic what? Causation. Metabolic cause. In other words, the foot issue or the knee issue is not necessarily the foot or the knee. Right. Um, I can give you a perfect example of that. This horse came in, and it was a time, I don't know, one of the times before, and this horse came in, and, and... the, it was a bar- high-dollar barrel race for the horse out of West Texas, and um, the lady said that this horse does not turn around the barrel to the left. It'll turn around to the right like crazy, run like crazy, but it won't turn to the left. So they started testing it, and that's part of what we've learned. And so tested it, and come to find out you have uh, 14, 15, 16 of the thoracic vertebrae that are out. you got all six of the lumbar vertebrae that are out. The sacrum is out. The neck has got C4 out, I think it was, and then up by her TMJ and all the rest of that stuff, and her head was out. Well, that's too much in one area. There's something else going on. So what that does, it gives you a key to finding what the source of the problem is, like you're talking about, not necessarily what the symptom is. And so Yannick got in there, and they took an X-ray of the skull, and it's like, what the heck happened here? So... He gets inside there and he takes the little bones, and these are bones that are clear back up by the hyoid, which is the uh, main bone that ties back into their tongue. Mm-hmm. And what had happened is somehow something had happened to this horse where it got hit in the front of the head, whether it ran into something or somebody hit it or they stopped too fast in horse trailer or, or whatever. I don't know. And we don't know. And, and what it did is it put that head down. When it did, it took everything and shoved everything else up inside of that hmm. area. Um, of the of the skull, and then she was stuck like that. Basically, she couldn't stretch her head out. She couldn't reach forward. She had no extension on her neck at all, and couldn't tell and anybody like, about it. Well, yeah, she couldn't tell anybody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Other than there are symptoms that we saw. So Yana got to working on the head and, and got a lot of those bones put back in place. And I mean, he's up past his elbow up in this horse's mouth. And uh, get a lot of that stuff done. He comes out and he says, okay, I think we're good. Take another x-ray. Everything looks all right up on top. And he goes up to check the, the octopus in the, in the C1, which is supposed to move. And the horse's head was still a little stiff. So we moved out and did the adjustment to turn around and, and loosen up the octopus area so that it, the neck was bending where it's supposed to bend and the head was bending where it's supposed to bend instead of what this horse was doing is bending the neck joint down, which isn't made for that. And and then Yannick started laughing, and it's like, what are you laughing about? And we were tired anyway, but and we we kind of kid each other and work around. And he goes, he said, it's done. And I said, what are you talking about? So other people were were there. I mean, our other students were there, and uh, he said, so check it. So they checked the the beginning of the thoracics. It's like there's not a problem. It's it's all loose again. What what happened here? So you go back to the lumbar. It's loose again. Hmm. It's like he never touched those. To adjust them, right? But because the head area was so mm. messed up, mm. this horse's head was dumped, so it twisted its body to try to get out of the pain that it had up its head. And mm. and he straightened that horse out, and that was a totally different horse when she came out of her. her and and uh, you know, and, and, and twenty years ago, Steve, that horse would have been put down, right? I I don't know. They'd have done something with it. Maybe turn it out to pasture. And mm-hmm. the other thing that I found here at the rescue is that sometimes you just leave a horse alone. And they can figure it out because the horse will figure out how they can get along with what they got. That's just. And, mm-hmm. it, and it, it is, it's just a truism that that's been there, but I don't have, I didn't ever knew why. But we make adjustments when we get, we step in a hole and twist our ankle or yeah. whatever. Yeah. We make that adjustment through our whole body. And that's why it's so important because we're dealing with the whole horse, not dealing with just a, a hip issue or a foot issue mm-hmm. or 
you know, the teeth. I mean, the thing that really bothers me that, that I'm getting more and more bothered by with this stuff is that how we, i.e. human beings, really screw these horses up more so than the horses screwing itself up. And what I mean by that yes. is, is that we get people that are equine dentists, quote unquote, and they go through and the mouth is kind of not right. And so they go and take all the edges off and, you know, try to straighten this thing up. And, 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 and then they think the horse is fixed. Well, they're not starting from the root cause, which may be that they got hit on the side of the head and it took their, their yeah. bottom jaw and moved it sideways so that the TMJ, which is how it hinges up in the, in the skull, mm -hmm. doesn't work right. So, therefore, it's wearing on one side of the teeth and can't close the other side of the teeth. Mm. Boy. But yes, they don't look at it that way. They're right. not that far along with it. So... It's it's real crazy. same thing with with feet and horses. How we we screw up feet, the feet on horses as not as saying that every farrier is going to screw a horse up, mm -hmm. but we don't give them the benefit of the doubt and let the horse tell us what's wrong mm -hmm. or tell us what's going. You can see a horse that wears the outside of the foot um, off, but the inside of the foot is up. You know, so it basically makes him pigeon toe. Yeah. You know, we need to go to Why break is he now. We need to go else. to break now, but when we come back, let's talk about trimming. Yeah, all right. We'll be right back with much more. Steve Voice is our guest of Horse and Around Rescue. This is Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander Bunker DeFrance, and Todd Roberts. We will be back with much more right after these very important messages. When looking for a property management company, here are some things you should consider. How long has the company been in business? What types of properties can they manage for you? And does the company give back to the community? Well, your search is over. The Polash Management Company meets and exceeds those considerations. They've been in business in Tucson, Arizona since the 1960s. They manage all types of properties throughout Arizona and elsewhere, from residential to commercial to public sector properties. The Polash Management Company also dedicates its time and resources to numerous community projects, including help funding the drive for the USS Arizona Memorial at the University of Arizona. You also want a property management company that puts you, the customer, first. First, contact the Paul Ash Management Company today at paulashmanagement.com and ask about the complete package or call 520-795-2100. That's 520-795-2100. The Paul Ash Management Company, property managers you can trust. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. With the fall and the coming of cooler weather, Tucson Trap and Skeet now institutes our fall hours. Office hours are Wednesday through Sunday from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m., and automated fields are open daily from 7 a.m. until dusk. So come out and shoot from one of our 50 trap fields, 13 skeet fields, or five international bunkers. Visit TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com for all of our upcoming events or call 883-6426. Hi, everyone. This is Susan McRae. Welcome to Chaparral Roundup. Hi, Chaparral debuted back in 67 and lasted until 71. March 12th through the 14th in Tucson, Arizona, I'll be hosting Chaparral Roundup, a get-together with fans, friends, and special guests featuring confessions of an acting cowboy, highlights of the life and career of Don Collier, who was Sam Butler on the show, lunch at the White Stallion Ranch, the location where we shot several episodes of the High Chaparral, with music, a western show, a question and answer panel with special guests, the great western band, Fort Worth West, and so much more. The registration form with all information is on the website, chaparralroundup.com, or on the Facebook page, Chaparral Roundup, March 12th through the 14th, 2021, in Tucson, Arizona. Great fun with great people. Chaparral Roundup. You don't want to miss it. Out here, due process is a bullet. This is the Voices of the West.
are back on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, and John Roberts in Los Angeles. Our guest, Steve Boyce, Horsin' Around Rescue. And we'd be talking about equine astia. Well, Steve, tell us a little bit about natural trimming and barefoot horse care. Hoof care. Well, that's a, that's a very, what you want to call it, debatable situation depending on who it is and what side of the, the issue you're talking to. A barefoot horse, I mean, if you look at the wild horses that are running all over Nevada, New Mexico, and, and Utah, and Arizona, and all that kind of stuff, there's no play putting shoes on those horses up there. And yet those horses can run across that rocky country just like lightning. I mean, I've seen it. And yet, at the same time, we have these horses that people have to put steel shoes on and on and on and on. And the only reason that steel shoes were invented was because way long time ago, they found that they could use them as war horses. If they had shoes on them, they would last longer. But a lot of times they have these horses stuck down in the basements of these dungeons and these castles. And they'd stand around and, and get their feet would get soft and they couldn't take them to war. So that's where shoes kind of originated and started from. Um, my opinion is a horse's foot needs to flex. And if it does not flex, it cannot move. It's like if you took your hand and put it in a glove and put plaster of Paris around it, and then you had to turn around and move your hand, that's what you got. Mm-hmm. And so I believe a horse, I mean, I've had horses that we've had here that we take them out to the Empire Ranch Foundation ride, and we pull them right off the mountain pasture, load them in the trailer, put a saddle on them the next morning, and go ride. No, no uh, shoes on them at all, and they do fine. So it, it all depends on conditioning. It's like when I was a kid, and I don't know about you, but I used to run around barefoot all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. My feet were used to it. My God, now if I walk out the door and I step on a little old rock, I'm a sore-footed son of a guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so when, when... It, 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 it's all in the conditioning that you give your horse. Um, I remember when Linda Ronstadt was in school, they had to really do a lot of forcing of uh, to force her to wear shoes because she didn't oh, yeah. want to. <laughs> I know. They don't want shoes. I, I don't blame them. I didn't either when I was a kid. I mean, when There's I went a big to the movement of long distance runners right now that are running barefoot like on yeah. the street. But yeah. I had to wear shoes. That yeah. was part of going to school. Yeah, and, and as Todd said, long distance runners running barefoot now. So Yeah, a lot of them. The ones that are one that... Some of the ones out of Kenya and, and all yeah. that stuff over there, they are really, it's well, amazing. This, 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 because you can actually feel with your feet as you're going. You know what I'm saying? The same thing with a horse. I've taken horses that um, we used to go hunting up on the blue and up some of those big canyons up in, uh, outside of Alpine. And they've got little trails that go around back and forth. And on some of those places, some real shale rock that really is slippery. Well, you get on steel shoes on top of that steel oh. rock. On that rock and you're like being on ice skates. Yeah, yeah. But I've taken some of my horses up there barefooted, and they ease their way across it. You just give them their head and let them go, and they do they do fine. I remember a story about uh, during the uh, second, I think it was the second Seminole War in Florida, or actually the first one uh, in Florida, that the Indians did not uh, uh, shoe their horses, of course, and the Army decided to shoe their horses, and uh, most of their horses got stuck in the swamp. <laughs> the Indians were off, off uh, the Seminole were off and running. So, yeah. Yep. Steve? And it, it has a, a lot to do with the natural part of the thing. You know, it, it, that foot, and it needs to move all around and be flexible all the way up the leg and the rest of the body. And that comes back to what we were talking about with osteopathy. Mm-hmm. It's a way to tie the whole body together and make the horse whole again. Here's you got and all those... You've got all those little bones in the hoof too that where it used to be toes, sure. and they're all yep. they're all subject to abuse. Todd, you had a question. I did. Uh, you know, Steve, I, I I don't want to speak negatively here on the show, but reality is reality. It's not in this country, but in China and Japan and Korea, horse is a delicacy to be eaten, and um, you know. For people that want to rescue horses and, you know, other than being able to say that they lived a nice life out in a pasture their last days comfortably like what you provide, um, could you speak a little bit about that? Are we that? still there, because Harry? I think that's a yeah. huge motivator for people. Todd had a question. Yeah, well, I can't hear it. Oh, okay. So. Uh, Todd, Todd's question, I don't know what in the world is going on. I must not have something set right. But in Do you any hear me event, now? His, no, uh, you're there, but he can't hear you. 
Uh, oh, I got you. The question, uh, the question relates to uh, in uh, Asian countries where horse, horses are... France. In Europe. France, some places in Europe where horses are considered delicacies, and as, as a rescue person, that I'm sure sends you south. Well, you get to you get to two parts of it. You you guys got to know that I grew up on a cattle ranch and we used to raise cattle for for food. Right. And on the on one side of it, yeah, putting a horse down or killing a horse is not what I'd like to do. I hate putting horses down. But to turn around and say we shouldn't shouldn't put him in places where people like to eat them and utilize that body for the horse, that's a whole other issue. So you can go to you can go to both sides of the of the issue. And say, oh, in France, they like horse meat. Well, they like it for whatever their reasons are. Where in the United States, we don't eat horse meat, that I know of, anyway. Yeah. Well, I want to well, weigh in, in on this for a steaks, second. You know, the Philly Steak Sandwich started uh, in Philadelphia because that's where the... Uh, uh, the cavalry. I'm not hearing uh, what Bunker's saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Todd's Todd. saying that the uh, uh, in Philadelphia, the uh, one more time, Todd. The, the Todd, Philly. The, Phil, the, 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 the Philly. The cavalry headquarters were in Philadelphia, right. and they would send the horses to the slaughterhouse. It's, uh, horses and going that, to the slaughterhouse. That meat Philly. would be sliced up real thin and uh-huh. fried up, and that's where the Philly steak sandwich came ah, from. Okay. Originally, it was horse meat. Okay, so originally the Phil- Philadelphia steak, uh, Philly steak, was uh, horse meat. From the cavalry, uh, from the cavalry horses. I want to add. Yep. Something. I want to add something to this because, you know, first off, uh, a horse is a wonderful, beautiful, magnificent animal. But if throughout the history of our country, the horse was livestock, and uh, for a lot of farmers and ranchers, when a horse was no longer usable or viable, they would send. This was just another market for their livestock, mm-hmm. and so that's what yep. they would do. Now, I, as a kid during World War II, I can remember eating horse meat uh, because in the markets the beef was being sent to the GIs, mm-hmm. and what was in the markets was horse meat, and it it was fine. Tastes like I, I, don't, yep. I don't I don't have an a, a, a objection against it. I do have an objection against people that condemn it without no understanding right, it. Right, 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 right. All right, and, and I agree, absolutely, I agree Bunker. Completely. You're absolutely right. You it's just that in this country like that we look at it a little differently because we ride horses like to herd cattle. Yeah, right or wrong, it's just their choice, and that's what people take away from from others is that you take this choice of eating meat or not in France, for instance. Mm-hmm. You know, and you have this, I don't know, socially acceptable or politically correct or whatever label you want to use for all that. And and so, you know, I can catch hell from all kinds of people for saying anything about it on either side, whether it's <laughs> on the cattle industry side and the livestock side or whether it's on the, the Humane Society side or if it's on the, the uh, horse rescue side. So it's, it's kind of a... I was going to say, 10 or 15 years ago, we had a meat plant over here uh, that processed horse meat. Right, oh, over a grant. Yeah. yeah. Grant night 10. Hey, we got to do our final break here. Um, Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, and uh, our guest is Steve Voice of Horse and Around Rescue. I'm Harry Alexander with Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts is in Los Angeles. We'll be back with much more right after these very important messages. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were built. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. 
Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond check and stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. Hi, this is Craig Morgan with a special message for all those who have served in the U.S. Army. The National Museum of the United States Army, to be built at Fort Belvoir, Virginia, will include the Soldier's Registry, an electronic record of Americans who have worn the Army uniform, recognizing their service. I've already added my story to the registry. I hope you'll add yours. To learn more and to make your story a permanent part of the National Army Museum, visit armyhistory.org. Read classic Western comics anytime at voicesofthewest.net. Welcome back, hey, Jamal Francis. Voices of the West. It is not an Indian chant. Gary <laughs> <laughs> Alexander Berger to France, Todd Robertson, Los Angeles. Our guest, Steve Voice, Horsing Around Rescue. We were talking about equine osteopathy. You know, when I was a kid, uh, well, not, let me, there was a quote I came across, and I thought it was great. Force is a sure sign of ignorance. And I can remember as a kid, when I was a kid, that was the old school way of training horses was, you know, it was, it was the horse whispering or, or manipulating or stuff like that. It was, you know, man over beast. Well, and thank God it's changed, but, yeah. uh, yeah. So Steve, uh, in the waning moments that we've got, uh, let's do an update on the rescue. How's everything going with that? We're doing all right. We've had, you know, like everybody else been shut down from this COVID stuff and all the quote unquote, um, smarter people than we are about how to survive <laughs> our lives. Um, you know, it's a virus, and we should be able to deal with the virus, and if we're not healthy enough to deal with the virus, then there's nothing we can do about it. What a novel thought. Uh, You're so right. What a no- oh, my God. But I'm not an expert, believe me. No, no. So, but you did but stay I at did... a Holiday Inn once, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, right. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> anyway, back Back to the subject here. Um, the rescue is fine. Um, we're doing okay. We've been shut down from all of our different events, the rodeos and parades and all the rest of the stuff we do. Um, we've got a great volunteer base. Uh, the people are really supportive of what's going on. If they have a cold or something that's coming on, they stay away. And um, back in, uh, I think it was the end of April, before this thing got completely blown out of hand, we had a an open house, and we had over 300 people that showed wow, up. Nice. And uh, people wanted to get, they want to get out. They don't want to yeah. be stuck in a hole or right. stuck at home, right. stuck in a little cave or whatever you want to call it. And Prison. I think it's important for them to get out. Yeah. So that's that's my opinion about it. Well, how's uh, things, itself, how are things go going with fodder works? I have not done much with that. We're in the process of building our barn, our, our hay barn that we did a bunch of fundraising for for the last four or five years we got the footers dug and we got everything ready almost except for the templates to hold the bolts for the for the columns and uh, we're going to be pouring concrete probably before the end of the year and then that'll set and then we'll put the building up so oh, cool. it's it's a it's a it's a process you know it's not like you turn the key on on the car start it and drive off you yeah. know? It's like the old guys, they used to get the horses in they used to feed the horses they used to get the harness get the saddle get the rest of the harness hook up the wagon i mean it was not it, it's kind of like a process now yeah. versus versus you step know, just turning step. on the switch. Yeah. So yeah. a website for Horsing Around Rescue and phone number, all the important information for folks. Okay, Horsing Around, H-O-R-S-E-N, Around Rescue, dot O-R-G. Um, our email address is horsingaroundrescue at yahoo.com. Um, we are on Facebook. I'm not, but they are. Somebody <laughs> is at the rescue. I don't, I don't do a lot of that high-tech stuff anyway. But, um, you know, my daughter Faith is on Facebook, and there's lots of stuff going back and forth. Um, the ranch down here where we are, the Single Star Ranch, we have uh, uh, grass-fed beef that we have for sale. 
Um, we sell it by the quarter at seven fifty a pound. Um, and it's, 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 it's good beef. So, yeah. and and we just we just get out and hustle, and and that's how we've been able to survive. And um, you know, there's a lot of small businesses that haven't, and there's some rescues that haven't. And yeah. you know, they were dependent on one thing or another that isn't coming in, and you know, we've had to adjust. You know, we've gone to a lot of on, online fundraising type things. We've gone to, you know, like Arizona Gives Day. We got involved with that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just lots and lots of different places to turn around and get people to support what we're doing. You and, know, I want uh, to we've spend- been blessed to, to turn around and, and be able to keep surviving. We've Actually, January 1st or January 10th, I guess it is, uh, we celebrated 10 years of Horse Around Rescue being awesome. in existence. Wow. We adopted over, what was it, 102 horses, Ooh. and we've taken in like 170 or 80 horses in our time frame. Wow. I so, just want to throw well, out a little carrot Harry. here. Uh, coming up, we've got it tentatively scheduled for our spring trail, ran- trail ride at the ranch at the Empire for April. Everybody keep your fingers crossed because if, if it goes, you get a chance to ride one of Steve's boys' horses if you, if you don't have your own. There you go. Todd, you had no, a... No, they're not my horses. We don't, we I don't know. take our, rental ho- our horses out there. We get rental horses for the other ones. Oh, that's right. That's right. So because yeah, t- we get them, yeah, we get them from. I don't know what, if they're going to be in existence Hello? because they just there's no, yeah. they're not letting them go. So I I don't know. I don't by April. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. I know that the rodeo's been canceled. The parade's been canceled. I just heard that the the Renaissance Festival has been yep. canceled this year. I mean everything no, everything no, is canceled. Life yeah. is canceled. Uh, Todd, you no, had you, <laughs> no, it is not. Todd, you had a comment. Yeah. So. Um, uh, yeah, uh, Steve, are you guys a 5013C? Yes, they are. Yes, they are, Todd. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. Um, let's see. What do we got to go in? We're about out of time here. What's what on we, next week? What's on next week? Uh, what is on next week? What is next week? Oh, next week is the 19th that's, of December. That's, uh, that would be uh, our Marty good friend Freeze. Marty Freeze joining us. Uh, oh, cool. Marty is a... Uh, uh, Location expert extraordinaire. Film historian. <laughs> Film historian. Uh, he's produced a couple of videos on uh, movies that have been shot around the Tucson area, and they are really, really yeah, good Yeah, we watched videos. the Star Pass video yesterday, yeah. and it is, I'll tell you what, it's, it should be out on the, on yeah. the airwaves. That's yeah. how good it is. And B- Bunker got to see himself in a couple of scenes. Uh, uh, just hanging around <laughs> on uh, Judge Roy Bean. Uh, <laughs> Judge Roy Bean. And then... Uh, hanging, hanging around the donut wagon? Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, so that'll be next Saturday uh, on the 19th. And then our final uh, show for 2020 will be on the 26th of uh, this month. Both Xmas. mm -hmm, The day after Christmas. You know something else I I need to say here is that every time I hear Emil's name, I I keep thinking about Emil and I really miss him. Yeah. And. you know, without his some of his guidance, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing today. Exactly. So, you know, God, in, if in your world and in my world as well. Yeah. 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 God <laughs> bless. God bless. Emil Frenzy. Indeed. Uh, so for our end of the month show, we're going to be out at the White Stallion Ranch, and uh, it'll be our movie Saturday, and we'll be talking about screenplays. Screenplays. And, playing around with screens. And the uh, yeah, the, the the best ones and. Uh, the- yeah, we've we've got uh, we've got it we got it pretty well nailed on this the one. The best ones. The best ones. That well, stand alone. The stand that well, can stand alone. You take away everything. You that got may, words. That may be your version. I might throw have some wild yeah, cards yeah, in yeah. there. But anyway, I'll I'll just throw in a B and yeah, throw you all. Throw rocks at me. Throw all of you. Thank you guys very very much, Steve. Consider us for this thing. Yes, Gary. Th- thank you, Bunker, I, Steve. I, this uh, was a total delight for total. me. I, I just, I've enjoyed this show. You know, sometimes you have top ten, sometimes you have top three. Uh, this is one of the shows I've enjoyed the most. Well, it's just about horses, and that, that's a good thing. So, uh, you, hey, thing. don't be a stranger, man. You're anytime. Uh, let us know. And same and, thing goes down here. Come yes, down sir. Visit the rescue. We'd be happy to show you around. We'll definitely be doing so. That's it for this good. edition of Amo Franzi's Voices of the West. Thanks everybody for listening, and we'll. Talk at you the next time. Next time around, right. it'll be 78, 79, 80 O's, and it'll soon be 2021. 20, <laughs> so long, everybody. <laughs>
Thanks for listening to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West.